I felt like finally, you know, the authenticity was there. Um, and it was an authentic energy that was my own, that wasn't curated by other people or like formulated by other people. All right, so uh, hi, Damola, and welcome to Healing Words. Um, I'm super excited to have you on here and be able to talk about your experiences with photography and everything. We've already been chatting for a few minutes. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> but thought we'd just go ahead and jump on the recording side so that everyone could be included in the conversation. Um, so welcome, first of all. I just want to say thank you for chatting with me. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited. I don't know why I just love doing these kind of conversations. It just feels really comfortable and yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited too. I'm also <laughs> nervous. <laughs> Super nervous. No, don't be nervous. <laughs> what? It's like no one else is here. It's just like the two of us basically. Just the two of us. <laughs> that so happens to have an audience that will be, you know, listening just a, in. <laughs> just a massive audience. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no big no, deal. I'm, it's fine. <laughs> I'm just super excited because it feels like so rare that I get to talk to other, especially black and femme creators who are, you know, just doing their own work and really um, diving into it as a form of healing in their own art, that kind of thing. So yeah, yeah I'm super thrilled. And also just to chat with you more personally because we haven't had so many opportunities to connect. But That's true. Yeah. Let's see. So... Um, I guess just to introduce like the podcast again, so the podcast is titled Healing Words, um, and I set it up as a space for reclaiming, healing, and thriving. So any sort of resources, any sort of conversations, any sort of practices that um, people can use to, yeah, just feel more whole, feel more inspired and uh, empowered and all these types of things. And to me, you represent a lot of those things, so I really wanted you to um, come and be able to share about your process. Yeah. So, um, just to clarify, this audio recording will be also like rendered in a, an article format. Since we'll be talking about photography, um, I think it makes sense to have the images up where everyone can see those. We're not going to dwell on the <laughs> specifics too much because... <laughs> Um, for audio, people won't be able to receive that. But just to let everyone know, this will be available on intuithue.com slash blog. Um, so you can check out all the photos there and see Damola's incredible work, um, which we'll be talking about here. So I guess, yeah, let's just jump right in. I guess the first question is, um, really, where did your journey begin? How did you get started with photography? Yeah, so... I guess year-wise, it was 2016, which was my junior year of college. And Mm. well, I guess it actually probably officially starts a little earlier. My first time basically doing any sort of photography was actually when I was in middle school and I was on my school's yearbook committee. And I just decided to be the photographer. Yeah, I was like in the seventh grade, I believe. And... I had no idea what I was doing. I don't really think they really taught us anything. They just kind of pushed us out and said, take pictures of the school. And I really enjoyed Mm -hmm. it. It wasn't, at the time, I wasn't really thinking about like what it meant as an art form. I really was just enjoying the idea of taking pictures of people in my life and kind of capturing them like in very, like, I guess what we consider mundane moments. So Mm -hmm. I just really enjoyed that. And then I kind of just 
you know, didn't really think much of it for a couple years until um, my junior year of college, which is when I had a friend that was a blogger and she needed some photos. So it was just like a friendly, like, it wasn't serious. She was just like, yeah, mm-hmm. can you take some pictures of me? I was like, yeah, I mean, of course. Mm-hmm. And I didn't have a camera at the time. Um, but oh, okay. after doing that and seeing how like fun that was to interact with her and kind of bring her ideas to life when it came to certain concepts that she wanted for her blog, I was like, okay, maybe mm-hmm. I can do this for myself. Like maybe I can, you know, invest in a camera. Um, and from there, I just started, you know, for free taking pictures of other people when uh, a lot of people were just kind of giving me that encouragement and push to kind of take it further and, you know, explore mm-hmm. it as much as possible. So, yeah, for the next two years, I've been on this, like, journey, mainly working with self-portraiture, um, but also taking pictures of other okay. people as well. But I think for me, the one thing that kind of solidified my you know, I guess, claim, like reclaiming, or not reclaiming, but just claiming Mm. the idea of being a photographer was because of my self-portraiture, not even because I was taking pictures of other people, which I thought was really Mm. interesting. Yeah, I was wondering about that, because it seems like you've worked with a lot of other people and um, included a lot of others in your process, but you feel like for you, it's really like the self-portrait work that's been like the deepest reclaiming Yeah, for you. exactly. I think for me, um, I guess I for the first couple years of college, I kind of was going through the motions because I, well, I guess for another background information tidbit, I actually planned on being a doctor wow, for most okay. of my life. <laughs> um, if you asked me what I wanted to be when I was like 12, I probably would have either said an inventor mm-hmm. or a doctor. Um, but I actually pursued being a doctor for the most part up until college, um, until I had this really intense epiphany where I was like, this is not what I'm meant to do, mainly mm. because I realized the passion wasn't there. I wasn't doing it for the right reasons. And once that happened, I kind of was like, who am I? What is my purpose? I went into the spiral, <laughs> like downhill spiral, because um, for the longest time, I just kind of thought like, Mm. I I was going to be a doctor because I wanted to heal people. And it's Uh, kind of funny that we're talking about this now because, like, I think the reason why I was so, you know, attached to that was because of the healing aspect. But mm. once I found photography, I was like, wait, this is a form of healing in itself because it was a healing form of healing for myself when it came to seeing myself in kind of reclaiming my body, reclaiming Mm. my identity. And it helped me kind of see my purpose, if that makes sense. It was very personal at first before it became a tool for other people. Your photography? Yeah. That's so so interesting because I feel like the way I've perceived (laughs) it has been the other way. But I mean, like, that's so fascinating to me to hear. Yeah, it's. It's been interesting that in order for me to kind of have the opportunity to, like, work with other people, I first had to feel comfortable with myself and feel comfortable with, like, the work that I was creating for myself. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So that's, like, I guess how I came to be today. (laughs) And I still have a ways to go. (laughs) 
don't we all don't so we all? That's, yeah it's so fascinating to hear that you started your journey more on the like I'm gonna be a doctor side but I think so mm-hmm. much of what we do like in even outside of Intuit Hue the things that I'm doing are always resonating with some form of healing and like how how to connect right. more deeply with others so yeah that's inspiring to hear that that's part of your experience also yeah so I guess one question um, we could follow up with that is like what kinds of things are you doing right now as far as um, the works that you're creating uh, are you working on any projects mm-hmm. yeah I actually am I want to so basically the premise of most of my work is basically women of color but more specifically black women mm-hmm. or people mm-hmm. that don't you know non-binary individuals gender non-conforming thank you um <laughs> <laughs> include trying to be inclusive yeah. um but basically highlighting people that identify most with similar situations that i've been in in terms of just not feeling represented Mm. Um, especially in art spaces I think a lot of the stories that are told about um, people that are not basically identify as cishet men the stories are not being told by the people that are that are basically experiencing these things it's very much the lenses and the eyes of white cishet men and I was really frustrated with that when I was growing up, especially mm-hmm. for me being a dark-skinned black woman. I definitely did not see myself as much as I would like to, and that really hindered like a lot of me growing up in terms of like self-esteem and in terms of mm-hmm. just having a really major identity crisis. Um, also, me being like having African parents also was a big part mm-hmm. of it because there's just this. For when I was younger, at least, a lot of people would say, like, you're not black, you're African. And that was also really people would <laughs> kind say of that to you. hard to do. Yeah. Or they would call me an Oreo because, you know, I didn't necessarily I've, I've talk. That one. Yeah. So it's just like different parts hmm. of my identity was being told by other people rather than right. um, me, like, telling other people who I am. Mm-hmm. So it was very important for me to be if I were to be in these art spaces I wanted to make sure that I was like being a tool rather than formulating other people's experiences for them if that makes sense Mm. so that's it's so funny to me that you said the lens in particular because I don't know if you saw but um on our YouTube and I don't think I've written it as an article yet but on the YouTube channel um I started a series called The Lens, which oh. is focused, yeah, it's focused on centering marginalized experience and reclaiming these narratives. Because, like, when right. I showed up in my in my healing work, also, like, it's always white femmes. It's always like a lot of the people that I'm interacting with, like, they have different expectations about who I'm gonna be mm-hmm. when they book a reading with me, or like, I'm just not used. I like I wasn't used to seeing myself in the work I do. So. Right. I just super resonate with that. And so it sounds like you're doing the same thing that I'm doing right now with this space. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying at least. I know there's always so much I can do. And I try to make sure that I'm learning from other people as well to make sure that I'm doing it in a like very ethical, very mm. um, not exploiting, basically. Because um, with art, especially with photography, it's very easy to go into that exploiting nature. Um mm 
if you decide to just kind of portray things in a, you know, a false way. So. Well, t- well tell us to... more about that. How do you approach that? You know, like how the ethics. So, yeah. So whenever I try to create a concept, if I am including other people in it, if it's not like a self-portrait, mm-hmm. I try to have a conversation with them the entire time. I'm not one of those people that kind of show up and say, this is what I want you to look like or act like or be like. Right. I always try to be very, excuse me, very um, cognizant of mm-hmm. like who they are if they're like comfortable, if they're, it's a very much like a two way street rather than me just telling them what I want and what I want to see. Mm. And I think because of this, I'm actually trying to get more into documentary work. Um, I think my work right now is very, I, I guess, I don't know what I would consider it in terms of like the style, just generally portrait photography but I would like to go more into like documenting people's lives as they are rather than, you know, gathering people and making them show up in a space and kind of taking pictures of them there. So, so going back to that concept of the mundane that you talked about? Mm-hmm. Okay. Pretty much. The idea have, of like capturing people as they are. Mm. Have you feel like you've been, do you feel like you've been able to accomplish that with what you've done so far or... Um, Because it seems to me like a lot of the work that I've looked at is very, like, I don't know. I imagine that when I look at the pictures you've shared with me, and Mm -hmm. I imagine, like, if I showed up on that set, then I feel like, I don't know, like I'd be uncovering some, I don't know, there's something, I don't even know how to explain what I'm saying, but (laughs) I do feel like you've crafted that space for people to really show up and um, represent something that is very mundane, but also, like, very spectacular does that make sense Mm, thank you yeah I guess yeah I I've been struggling with that because I thought it's hard for me to see it I always Mm. have like bigger expectations for how I want that to be seen but I appreciate that you and I think I mean I've had other people explain that to me as well but I think that's another part about being um your own biggest critic kind of Mm. where I always feel like I could do more and be better at it so is is part of that more I think than, I'm in, I'm on the right path. So are you trying to now move into like capturing people at like literally and I don't even like the word capturing that's such a problem. Yeah. Um but just like witnessing others in their own spaces without setting up like cuz there's yeah. kind of like there's kind of the quality of being a lens <laughs> is <laughs> automatically changes some things, right? True, yeah. But I think so how are you yeah just really I guess (laughs) (laughs) no me too I'm uh I'm I'm talking about a lot of things that I don't really have the chance to discuss so this is really exciting for me too Mm, um that's exactly how I feel (laughs) but I guess for me I want to maintain the qualities that I've worked with right now in terms of you know I like to think of my work as very I don't know if ethereal is the right word, but there's like Mm. a slightly dreamy quality of the work. Mm. I mean, I don't know if that's... Yes, there is. (laughs) (laughs) That's like what my intention is, at least, to kind of capture it in a more dreamy Mm -hmm. way. So my intention is to use that like quality, like the things that I would, I guess, pay attention to, but I would go out and 
do it in a way that's still taking pictures of very everyday life situations, um, but still maintain the dreaminess of it. So it's like, I guess my aesthetic kind of bring my aesthetic Mm -hmm. to that work when it comes to documentary work, because I feel like with a lot of documentary work now, it's very like, even in situations where it's about like people feeling happy, it still Mm -hmm. feels very inauthentic or very Mm. forced and Mm. I want to break that in terms of just going in and showing people as they are but making sure that they're still seen as people and still seen as like having dreams yeah having dreams because it's very easy to go to another country I, I have a huge issue with this idea of a lot of western photographers going to um, places that easily could tell their own stories, but have the maybe not as much resources to do so. Mm-hmm. And a lot of Western photographers take on this like complex feeling like they need to bring back their stories, but the way that they're bringing it back is not, it's still portraying people as like helpless and like mm-hmm. unable to, you know, share their own lives. Mm-hmm. So that's always something I'm trying to think about and get into, I guess. And you've actually been to Africa, right? Like, Yeah, I've been to, surprisingly, not my home country. <laughs> I've been to South Africa. Um, instead of, it's funny because my parents are like, why didn't you go to Nigeria? But that's a whole <laughs> other thing. But um, yeah, I guess the listeners don't know, but I'm Nigerian-American. Uh so I don't know if that's... Yeah, I forget to say things explicitly also. <laughs> no, it's fine. Yeah, I'm Nigerian-American. I was born in the States, so I've never been to Nigeria before. But last okay. year after college, I had the opportunity to um, do a photo project in South Africa mm-hmm. for two months. Mm-hmm. And that was a really pivotal part of my journey as well because, one, I solo traveled for the first time in my life Mm. um and that was like really hard for me to kind of get into at first because I'm not used to being by myself truly by myself when it comes to not knowing people and not Mm. being in familiar spaces I've lived in the same city for most of my life even college was only like 15 minutes away from my hometown. Mm-hmm. So I never had that opportunity to just really try to figure out who I am by myself without the background noise of like being in a familiar space. Mm-hmm. So South Africa was really important to me because once I got there, I had to learn how to talk to people. I'm a really shy person, believe it or not. I um, don't believe it. <laughs> People don't believe it, but I, I I have so much social anxiety when it comes to talking to people. Oh, same, it's, same. it's it's so strange. It doesn't mean that I don't like talking to people. It's just right. I'm always thinking about the way I'm talking and how I'm interacting and how that feels and what makes... Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just crazy. So that was something I had to overcome. And luckily, it was a good experience where... I feel like it helped me as a photographer understand how to interact with people a lot better. So, Like in what ways? 
um, to learn, it, it helped me understand that you can learn how to learn about people's story in terms mm-hmm. of who they are, what they like, what their life journeys are, I guess. And instead of me trying so hard to capture people and then leave and not like have any mm. relationship with them, I, I was more intentional about creating relationships um, with people rather than, you know, taking those like that 30 minute conversation and just forgetting about who they are and mm. stuff like that. So it was it was good for me to learn how to build relationships with people beyond, you know, a photo. And that way, when I did have photos that I could share with people, I had, like, a very, like, decent understanding of who they were. I was like, hey, this is someone I met in XY place. This is who they are. This picture just only captures, like, one second of, like, (laughs) a moment in their life. But here's who they are beyond that. And I think that's important when you're a photographer as well to make sure that you're not just showing a very constructed one second piece of their life. Make sure you have the opportunity to explain further than that. There, there's literally so much that I can say to all of this. <laughs> Cause I, I really am not used to having the space to, to talk through the th- these things, especially not with another black person, another person of femme experience, like the ways in which like, it, yeah, it's been really interesting to me um, to witness others who are creating art and also my own works when I show up and like how difficult it is to not just capture, yeah. you know, like to use that language, but also that ideology coming from the U S also is it, like learning that I'm also vulnerable to some of the same things that I'm critiquing when I'm mm. interacting with people. It's, it's been a, a real challenge. So yeah, I, welcome hearing anything you have to share about how you approach that I haven't figured yeah. it out I'm still learning it's it's still a process I have found myself relearning and reanalyzing the ways that I go about it as well not mm. only through like personal experience but also from other people that are doing it as well that have probably done it longer than me and just seeing how they go about it as well have you had um, any experience from your past where you were working with someone and you like either the way that they responded told you that it just was not like it wasn't working or you felt like the way you um, approached someone was off? Like, have you had that experience? Um, let me see. Or just like a time where maybe you felt like you would just like to, like, if you had the opportunity, you would approach things differently. Well, I guess, like, my whole experience in South Africa, I felt like, I wish I was there for at least, (laughs) yeah, I just felt like I was, I wish I was there for more than two months, because I, it really made me think, like, wow, two months is not going to be enough time to know anybody, like, in my opinion. Um, It's really not. (laughs) A lot of the people I met, as soon as, like, for me, it's really hard for me to personally open up, and I don't expect anyone else to open up if I can't do that. Right. Um, it's a very much like a mutual thing. So by the time that I was ready to kind of delve deeper into like relationships I was forming, mm-hmm. especially in the photo community, I was basically going to leave at that point. 
So mm-hmm. I was really, really frustrated by that. Yeah, two months goes because very I don't, quickly. It, it went so quickly. I didn't realize that until I got there. I was like, wait, it's time to go already? What do I'm you mean? <laughs> so, right. I was, that's the thing. I literally was just starting in mm-hmm. a lot of the work that I was doing. So when I come back and people were like, oh, your photos. And I was like, well, that's, this is just the start. This is what I just think of what could have been if I was there longer, not to say that I can't go back, but mm-hmm. I just, sometimes I feel like I didn't take like advantage of that opportunity as much as I could have. Um, until you, this are day, you I planning still to go back? When the money comes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> it's the coin. It's that the was coin. just, <laughs> it's the coin. And that's so frustrating because I know, and that's another thing mm-hmm. about being black and being uh, female identifying in mm-hmm. this space because resources are so much more limited. They I know so are. many people who get grants on grants very easily and they're just traveling regard like wherever. Whereas I know my people in my community um, are not able to do that as easily. Also because can, I just don't come from a rich background. Can we go into that some? Because I feel like a lot of times we- not including you and this we, but we as people in general talk around things like this, like, Mm -hmm. and some people who are listening may not understand, like, the shared experience of, like, the difficulty of finding resources or being rejected when you see other people, like, getting things that seems easy, like, right, yeah, I would, can you tell us more about the specifics of that experience? Yeah, I think it's so interesting, because well, in general, photography is now becoming a very saturated field mm-hmm. because anyone can be a photographer, I'm going to be quite honest. Anyone can mm-hmm. buy a camera, take a picture, post it on Instagram, Twitter, any platform. Mm-hmm. And the idea of going viral and getting resources that way is very common as well. Mm-hmm. But I don't see that happening with a lot of people of color. Um, or people that are in more marginalized communities just because mm-hmm. with most things in life, we just have to work 10 times harder to get to these places. Right. Um, and I don't want to discredit like other people's work or their how much hard work they put into it, but it's just very obvious that mm-hmm. for me to do the same things that a lot of my counterparts are doing, we're not going to it's going to be very easy and they probably have more financial support as well. Um, which is unfortunately really pivotal when it comes to these kind of things. It's a very, like the amount of money that goes into your gear that goes into traveling Mm -hmm. that goes into Mm -hmm. internships that are unpaid that goes into so much of the things that are required to kind of be considered successful it's very much unequal. But That's... luckily there are groups yeah, of people that are working towards that. Um, mm-hmm. There are a lot of programs that I've looked into that are very specifically for people who identify as women or non-binary or gender non-conforming. Mm-hmm. And because they understand that if you look at the percentages, I don't have the percentages on the top of my head, but it's a very male-dominated field. So... Right. There are people working against it, but it's still hard. It is tough, especially, like, I know 
being at university and applying for things and I'm like there's so much mm. money here like mm-hmm. I can, literally everything around me looks like money because it's just it's there's so much access um, right but somehow I didn't feel that I had the access you know right um I had another thought but it's gone out of my mind already oh sorry so many thoughts <laughs> I guess just yeah. Oh, also the difficulty of not only seeking access in the first place, but seeking mm-hmm. access to do projects with the goal of undoing these systems that are giving me money. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's just like very interesting, give and take when it comes to these kind of things. I, yeah, I've definitely applied but... to things and been like, they're like, "What do you plan to do with this money?" And I'm like. destroy everything that you stand for is like my primary goal right (laughs) right it doesn't seem to be that convincing usually (laughs) (laughs) so um so if you've like that's something that you feel like you um if you had the opportunity you would spend more time in africa you would dive a little bit deeper earlier in your work or um one thing that i'm wondering like directions like where you're yeah like where i'm going next Mm -hmm. um i guess for me my next step is i actually am thinking about going to grad school for okay um yeah which is interesting because i feel like a lot of people are like no with like the arts you can just do you can just (laughs) do it you'll be fine you'll get to these spaces and I'm like "Mm." like I was talking about before (laughs) (laughs) like like I was saying before I'm like "Mm, I think I might have to actually go through these systems in order to get some Mm. of these resources which kind of makes me feel like oh I don't want to kind of play into that but at the same time for me I think I need to go back and kind of get more of a deeper I guess learn from people that have been there already so yeah grad school is in the works right now possibly will move to a big city where there's more opportunities as well Mm -hmm. I'm at this place where I'm just going with what comes to me (laughs) I don't I I'm not a big on planning past Mm -hmm. like two years of my life at a time so I couldn't I couldn't even tell you where I'm going to be like in the next like five years. Mm-hmm. So. I think when I think about like my future, my work, um, what I want to do with it, I think in terms of, like what do I want to experience or mm. like, what kind of space do I want to hold? Because that's something that you can do regardless of where you actually end up, you know. True. So I guess like that's part of what I'm curious about is like if you are thinking more about what kind of space you want to hold and um, yeah, just experiences you want to craft with people. What kinds of things do you have in mind there? I guess experience wise, I want to kind of give the space to other people like me who want to share their stories as well. Even Mm. if it's like, if they want, I would love to create like a initiative where I can get cameras to other um, black femme identifying women or Mm. non-binary people because 
there's so many stories that could be told and I think about it and I think about, wait, what if I just so happened to not have the opportunity to get this camera? How, like, what would be happening to me right now, I guess? And I'm actually going to do Yeah, Yeah, sorry, sorry. No, go ahead. <laughs> I was just saying, I, I, as you're talking about this, it's making me think of a project that I just recently heard of. Mm-hmm. Um, it's called House of Pinnacles and it's, I don't want to misquote them, but um, I think the intention is to do exactly what you're talking about, get cameras in the hands of black, trans, um, gender nonconforming, and femme folks to mm-hmm. literally just be like, hey, w- what do you want to create a documentary about and how can we right. do that? Right. So that's actually yeah. located here in North Carolina. So I think I've actually heard of that's that That's an as option. Well. Yeah. So either like work with a, you know, organization that's already do that or even just like have a small cohort of like mentees kind of to mm. work with. Like I'm, I'm thinking young, like I'm thinking like 13, 14 year olds because, okay, young, young. Okay. yeah, because I, I just remember myself at that age and I felt like I didn't have a voice in a, and it's interesting, especially in the political climate that we're at right now. And, you know, the access to internet, I'm sure these kids, are seeing all these things a lot more visibly than we did when we were younger. So I just would love Which things? seeing, you know, police brutality very often, mm. seeing, you know, brown children being taken away from their families, seeing just all these things that we're experiencing under, you know, the, the presidency. Yeah. I think their stories, I would love to have them have the opportunity to explain like how they're feeling in this moment. Um, mm. I think that's pretty I, different I'm, from how we grew up. Exactly. I don't know about you, but different. like I didn't grow up that way. No, I didn't. I didn't grow up knowing as much as I feel like they do now, especially with like gun control and various, so much is happening right now. I feel like they could share their experiences in a better way that I don't think I would have the words to explain like how to feel <laughs> mm. regarding all these things at that age, but they're like beyond, I guess, emotional, the emotional capabilities I feel like I had to explain myself. So I would mm. love to have the opportunity to have them share their stories instead of feeling like they have to, they're like too young to talk about it. Cause I feel like they're, experiencing it just as much as we are right so. that's exactly what i was gonna say is they're not too young to experience it so right exactly get some cameras in their hands exactly and that would just start a whole new generation as well or kind of get them into the space very early on so mm. yeah just that's something that i'm really passionate about is kind of opening up that space Diversity is such a overplayed word, and I don't want to use that, but I definitely yeah, want we'll to we'll drop kind of that break one. the mold of what it means. <laughs> break the mold of what a photographer yeah. looks like, because when I look at who's popular and who's well-known right now, it's not right. someone who looks like me, or is my age even. So, well, On my timeline, that's what it is, because <laughs> I'm curating my... yeah. When it comes to my media, I keep it... It's that thing you're talking about with representation. Like, even if I'm just sending a GIF to someone, like, 
I would choose a person who looks like me more often now, consciously. Yeah. Um, yeah. To like represent myself in the world, and I feel like I feel like that's major for us for our healing. Right. Exactly. That's a big part of kind of unlearning a lot of the things that we grew up with, mm. which is like a big part so, of what. Oh, no, sorry. I keep interrupting you. No, you're fine. <laughs> I ramble. So maybe this is for the <laughs> Well, that's what this space is for, for, for rambling. Um, yeah, so I guess I was going to, I wrote it down earlier on in my notes, but looking at your photo work, um, maybe we can talk more specifically about that now and like the even more about the abstract process behind it. What mm-hmm. I notice is like the people showing up in your photos are black films. Like, yeah. That's what I'm seeing here. And that's a very intentional choice you're making. Yes. Very intentional. It's not that I will like turn away people who want to work with me that don't necessarily mm. identify as that. It's just like what who I choose to you know, put on my pages or put on my social media or the work that I choose to present definitely um, is more likely to be um, black female identifying individuals. Mm -hmm. Mainly because, like I was saying before, representation is very important to me. And when I think about specifically beauty, Mm -hmm. I want to be very intentional to show like women of all backgrounds that look different that um to show that the black female experience is not a monolith Mm. um we don't all look the same we don't all act the same we don't have all the same experiences and I wish I had someone tell me that when I was younger because I felt like often I wasn't like genuine or authentically a black woman Mm. or a black girl because of the fact that I was into certain things or if I hung out with certain people um, or if I just like had a different, you know, cultural upbringing, there's like so many ways that I wish someone would have told me like, I am not a fraud Mm. (laughs) when it comes to my experiences. Um, So that's why I'm so intentional. And also in general with beauty, I just wish I had someone tell me that you know, having dark skin is not, like, you know, ugly or Mm. not, you know, doesn't make me less than others, you know? I have no doubt that your work speaks to that. Like, (laughs) I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna, we'll have the article up so people can see the, the photo work that you've sent me. And yeah, I'm really excited because I'm sure there are lots of other people who, like, maybe they haven't been told they're beautiful today or it's been a week or it's been a month or even if they are hearing it, right. like, it might be difficult to believe because it's, you know, right. you know what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I hear um, you, I hear you. So I guess, yeah, the before we started, I asked you to think of a word um, mm-hmm. that resonated with your healing transforming your creating process so i think right now um would be an awesome time to share that and what that means to you yeah so i, I accidentally said this word already earlier oh i didn't hear um, my word <laughs> my word would actually be authentic authentic um, it's in a lot of my other work 
Mm. I actually have a YouTube channel as well, The Authentic We. Yes. Um, Shout out. Yes. <laughs> a little plug, you know. Um, <laughs> which um, was actually created with a friend of mine. But uh, mm. the idea of authenticity, I purposely think about that in my work in the way that I make sure that my work is my work alone. Mm. I make sure that I'm not, you know, trying to be someone I'm not when it comes to who I am creatively. Mm. And that's something that I've had to think about throughout the journey because very early on I was like, oh, these are, this is the type of photographer I need to be to be like well-known and be, you know, noticed. And it didn't work because I could tell that this was not something that I could put my name on. It it wasn't me. Mm. So once I stopped comparing myself to other people in all avenues of my life, I felt like finally, you know, the authenticity was there. Um, And it was an authentic energy that was my own, that wasn't curated by other people or like formulated by other people. Mm. So I put that in my work as well. So you got me wrecked here. (laughs) (laughs) Let me let me ask you then. Um, you were talking about monolithic blackness and beauty and yeah. fan experience, and you also talking about the word fraud and what that means. So um, it does seem like authentic is like a word that's really resonated with your healing. Yeah. Um, how, when you approach your work, how do you approach that monolithic idea? Like, I feel like in some of my work, a lot of the time it shows up looking very similar, and I'm thrilled about that because it's for Mm -hmm. me um but how do you balance that between like showing up as like this is Damola's work and like welcoming the fullness of the person you're working with how do you balance that so I balance that by actually that's a really good question um yeah take a moment not good (laughs) (laughs) I guess for me is just making sure there's always a fine balance with for me is making sure that my aesthetic and my work is always maintained like you were saying for yourself mm-hmm. but also understanding that I will I will never alter someone's like how they look to the point where they're not recognizable I guess Mm. and when I like hang out with someone before a shoot I'm always like oh this person's like pretty bubbly or like they're pretty or if they're really serious I try to bring that energy into the work as well like in certain photos Mm. I'll talk I have a friend we photograph pretty often um we actually Mm. met in South Africa and when I'm talking to her and I have a certain energy in mind I will literally talk about something that's happening in her life as we photograph so mm. I have conversations with people about as, maybe a situation as we're shooting. As you're processing, okay. Right. Um, and I think that's the psychology, you know, <laughs> major in me because that's mm. what I studied in school. I, I take a very, like, I use psychology in my work as well when I'm talking to people. It's kind of like instead of having a very superficial surface-level conversation as we shoot, I'm willing to, like, go deep and kind of have more real conversations and 
usually that's how I bring out certain emotions out of people. So the emotions you see in these pictures are usually genuine and usually the things that they're feeling Mm -hmm. um, at that time. So that's how I kind of maintain their, I guess, their selves, their actual selves in the photo while still maintaining my Mm. own aesthetic as well in the photo. No, it makes so much sense. I'm just vibing is the thing. (laughs) (laughs) I sometimes I talk and I'm like, what did you say? (laughs) I forget. I like forget like where I was going with it. And I was like, where, where was that going? That's just like a train of thought that no, I got you. Just, but yeah, I, I, I want to know also yeah, yeah. how, like, sometimes in my own photo work, um, like, I love the dreamy ghost like effects. Like, I vibe with that. I love things looking faded. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, you talked about like skin color and darkness and approaching that. Has how, like, has that mm-hmm. come up as a major question of like, are you editing these photos in any way, retouching anything? Like, for the most part, the I the way that I edit it is I it's very earth toned. Okay. I try to bring out more of the earthiness of the photo, and also browns. I try to accentuate just a little bit as well, just to kind of reiterate how like brownness is not. It, it's seen as beautiful. Like, mm. I think there's always this like indication of like we want to lighten people or right. like make them seem, you know, closer to you know the Western European ideals. So, if anything, I like to use greens and browns and um, kind of muted cl- colors as well to kind of highlight darkness and brownness and like these shades that were often seen as like not as attractive and I try to you know complement the colors in a way that kind of brings the that kind of color yeah I'm looking at them right now and I just wish other people could (laughs) uh if you're listening to this podcast right now (laughs) go ahead and check out intuithue.com slash blog um and look for this post with Demola's photos because they're stunning and I'm seeing all the things that you're talking about with um the earth tones like Somehow it feels like you are approaching things so differently from how I would approach them, but achieving so many of the same sentiments. Oh, I think that's what's really amazing about being an artist in general. And I talked mm-hmm. about this um, at, at a different time with someone else is the idea of like, all of us will always have a different perspective mm-hmm. when looking at the same thing. We're trying to approach the same thing. And that creates like an infinite amount of art of content that will never generally Mm -hmm. look the same if it's intentional, I guess, because your experience is different than my experience. And therefore whatever we create will always highlight those experiences, but simultaneously still talking about Mm -hmm. the same concepts, like in this case, healing. So I find that really amazing. And I think that's why I'm drawn to it so much Mm. because I know that my eye is my own and that no one can take that away from me and no one can like duplicate that as much as they like can, they can try, try. but it's like, it's, (laughs) it's impossible. Like it will Mm. never be the same. And I cherish that a lot because that's something that I struggled with. It's like the idea of like, 
who am I and like what is my purpose and what's special about me I guess and it took a while for me to like kind of get to that point so those are some very Aquarius questions (laughs) (laughs) please tell me more like (laughs) I'm like I feel like I'm very much an Aquarius like very very much we can get into astrology that's that's a talk (laughs) I know you can tell me all about it because there's so much I have no idea about I just I will I'll give you I'll give you all the deets (laughs) maybe we could hop on here again sometime and talk about that specifically yeah Um, that'd be awesome yeah I just keep wanting to dive even more into your work like especially how it's been um healing for others in a very explicit way like how others have Mm -hmm. has anyone have people come back to you I'm sure they have and said like how have they responded to your work their time with I, you everyone genuinely this feels weird to talk about because i'm like oh Dabola, you're so great just like to have i like really get uncomfortable talking like hyping myself up but um i guess a lot of people when they come back to me they just say like Dabola, you like captured what i was trying to like this is how i feel like i am about myself you mm. captured me as like my true self and I was like yes that's my intention my intention is to never make you feel like you look like you're someone you're not or like the energy mm. is something you're not and I think that's great like even when people come up to me they say like Damola we specifically want to work with you because we know that you are intentional with like capturing who we are who we believe we are like we look like and feel like mm. so that's like a huge part of like who I am as well. It's like, I try to capture the true self. Um, I'm not really interested in the background. I'm more interested in the person and how they feel like they are. And I try to match everything to that rather than vice versa. So So when you say the background, what do you mean? Like the literal settings or? Literally like, like I don't want to capture them based on what society makes them out okay. to be. I want them to be captured as who they feel like they are as an individual. Mm. So, because it could be easy if I wanted to, if I found a black woman and I was like, you know what, I'm going to put you in a stereotypical like attire that would be most, like what people would expect you to look mm. like. That doesn't appeal me at all. And I think a lot of artists do that This is because it's easy. Mm to say like you know what this is like what I think you're supposed to be like or supposed to act like and we're gonna put you in these like settings that represent that but that's not what I would I want to do I want to make sure that that person feels like this is who they are Mm. because this is a with photos these are gonna stay with you forever these are things that you want to look back on and say like I feel like that still represented who I was at that time, if mm. anything. So, and, and that's always my intention. So, talking about that, thank you for sharing all of that. So, when you're talking about how represent, like how to approach representation and approaching this background that people are bringing with them, um, sometimes I've noticed in my work too. Sometimes people show up and they really identify. Um, with how they've been historically portrayed, 
like mm-hmm. like I'm sure that in a lot of your work um like people may I don't know but I would imagine people would approach you and some people are like I want to look strong like right. I want to look like a strong black woman is like well you can also <laughs> that's true <laughs> but you can also exist in other ways like have right. you had experiences needing to negotiate that with someone or like how um, do you No I don't think I have actually um that's a really good point, though, because, like, I, I mean, I was talking about, you know, the more obvious portrayals. But I think for me, what I, if there was a situation where that were to happen, I wouldn't mm-hmm. necessarily argue that. I wouldn't make them feel like they couldn't embody mm-hmm. that. But I mm-hmm. think I would also make note to say, like, well, is this strong, like, this strength coming from your own personal belief that, you know, I feel mm. this way or do you feel like you're forced to Being kind asked. of take on this role? Yeah. So I think it's going to, it's like a conversation where it's like, how do you feel about presenting dichotomy presenting, right. mm. you know, cause I, I did actually do a, I didn't post the, I didn't share the photos with you, but I did do a piece where a friend of mine wanted to showcase like dichotomy and show, you know, contrast like you know you can be strong and soft at the same time so Mm. it's always about having conversations about like what what like what place is it coming from because Mm -hmm. what place that's that's me language (laughs) (laughs) like where what place is it coming from yeah so I think that's always important to note because yeah you're right there are people who do identify strongly with like maybe things that are kind of stereotypically more associated with um, Mm. certain people. But it's just important to understand, like, as long as it's something you truly feel like it's who you are and who you have always felt like to be rather than forced upon, then I'm like, yeah, let's Mm. do it. No problem. Yeah, that really resonates with me. I approach it similarly in my work um, to... Partially because I've I've needed to learn that because sometimes like I have a very part of me is very go with the flow and like like um, very understanding and very mm-hmm. patient but parts of me are also like very argumentative and like resistant especially as I've um, come into more of myself in the past several years I f- I feel like I argue with nearly everything <laughs> so sometimes it's a challenge when someone shows up and. I'm like, hey, I'm really not feeling like you're bringing your full self. Mm. Um, so it's really interesting to hear how you approach that. Yeah. Just allowing people to exist in like their multiplicity, like yeah. just in their multiple selves. Right. Um, was there anything more that you wanted to share about? Literally anything, I guess. <laughs> I want to hear about all of it. <laughs> Uh, oh, I guess I, I don't know if this gets talked about as much, but I wish people yeah. talked more about, you know, the challenges of, you know, I guess I'll talk specifically for myself. My challenges with photography have been that I always feel like I have to be creating something. <laughs> I, I'm definitely the type of person mm. where the idea of not creating means that I'm not being successful or I'm not 
working mm-hmm. towards something. But recently I kind of had this epiphany that sometimes stepping away from your work is what's going to make it stronger. Um, because then that's when you can mm-hmm. like realign and re understand like why you're doing it, what your purpose is, what the intention behind the work is. Because for me, I started to focus more on other people's, what they wanted from me in terms of photography mm-hmm. instead of focusing on like why I was doing it for myself. So, I mean, I guess this goes for like anything in life. It's just sometimes you have to like stop in order to put yourself back on the right path. Um, mm. And it's a challenge sometimes because you feel like you're not, <laughs> you can't, you feel like you're supposed to always, you know, have work being done and put out there. But especially with the social media age, I feel like there's a huge push to always have something to present, to like show for. And yeah, I guess that's what, something I've learned recently. It's just, you know, it's okay to literally just sit down and not do anything when it comes to your work. <laughs> mm. Have you had a recent experience of really needing to pull back? Like, Yeah, I went through like a one month hiatus, mm-hmm. which is like really, it sounds short, but for me, this is like the longest I've like not done photography since I've started. Mm-hmm. And it was really difficult. Luckily I had other things to kind of take my mind off of it, but it told me how to say no for once, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, figure out how to say no when it comes to situations that like I, I, if I don't feel it in my in my spirit, I have to just say no. And it also helped me relearn about my love for photography and relearn why I appreciate it so much. Because I ended up studying other photographers and studying other artists in that time instead of focusing mm. on myself. So that's that was like a really good thing I'm glad that I was able to get to that point because it means that hopefully in the future if I do get through a, another creative block or another you know creative challenge I'll be able to take that time to just say you know what this means that I just need to just reset basically hmm. I think that's something that a lot of listeners and and me like we need to hear um living in a space that's actually it's kind of like partially what I talked about in the first episode, but constantly this demand to produce and to be visible yeah. all the time. Right. Um, it's really, really exhausting and it can definitely steal the spirit of your work. So exactly. I'm thank you for saying that for me also. <laughs> <laughs> no problem. But yeah, I don't know. Um, There's nothing so else guess, really. I guess where yeah, in closing, I guess I would want to share with people like how they can interact with your work more directly. Mm-hmm. So like projects that they could get involved with, things that you um, are offering as far as your services or yeah, just sharing about how people can connect with you. Yeah, I guess the best way if you wanted to reach out to me um, is through my website, Um And I'm sure that will be on the website as well. And mm-hmm. um, I have social media, my Instagram, Today. I have a Twitter, Demola Akin today. Um, yeah, I'm I'm really open to talking to people on all of those platforms, having conversations. Doesn't even have to be about photography. I'm 
into so many different things. So mm. <laughs> we can just be friends. Like it doesn't have to be like a serious <laughs> thing. So feel free to reach out. Are, are you booking um, like sessions with people still? Currently, not really. Um, okay. I'm just trying to focus more on personal projects, but um, okay. I wouldn't say don't reach out if you really are looking forward to doing something because you never know. Mm-hmm. It's just not something okay. I'm actively seeking right now. That makes a lot of sense. Sometimes you just have to hold it for yourself. Right. <laughs> that makes sense. All right. Well, we will make sure to send out the links um, so everyone can access your work. And I'm super thrilled for people to be able to see the photos you already sent me um, and to be able to see those on the website. I just think it's going to be spectacular. Um, so thank you so much for taking the time to share your work with me. Like, I, I've, I wouldn't... Um, I wouldn't lie. I wouldn't like pretend that I enjoyed it anyway, but it feels really nice. (laughs) (laughs) I really am thrilled about your work. I don't have to pretend about any part of it. (laughs) I appreciate you. Thank you for allowing me to have this space. I just, I I talked about a lot of things that I sometimes don't think about very often. So it's Mm. great to be able to put that out there and have someone that understands as well to a certain extent. um, A lot of the things that I expressed. So Mm. This is great. It feels equally as <laughs> equally as healing for me, and I'm as I said before. I'm sure this isn't the last thing that we'll collaborate. Oh on, yeah, so. no, 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 never. So. <laughs> We're gonna definitely do more. So I'm super excited for all of that. Me too. All right, so yeah, just again, thank you so much, and um, yeah, I will post the link so everyone can find your work and experience the dreamy, authentic experience (laughs) of your photography. Great. Looking forward to it. All right. Okay. Thank you so much, Damola. Of course. To book a reading with me, join one of our classes, or explore more of what we have to share with you in spiritual and emotional healing, visit intuithue.com. There, you will also find links to connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. You can also help this series thrive by giving monthly support on Patreon.